Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists. Discretion is advised. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by Lucky Bastard Distillers, Saskatchewan's premier distillery, and by the Pilot Bowens Brewing Company, brewed in the heart of Regina. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the internet's only Sometimes it is good to meet your idols podcast. <laughs> I'm Joel Gasson with John Fraser, as usual. Um, few things to get to in this episode, as uh, for the second game in a row, second in three weeks, technically, the Riders welcomed one of the undisputed best teams in the CFL to Mosaic Stadium and beat them. Yeah. Um, a thing we have not said in a very long time. No. And certainly changes the course of where this season is at, where it's headed. And it's all, frankly, a whole bunch of possibilities are now on the table, I would say, thanks to that win over Winnipeg. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the fact that this should be Jake Dalagala's team going forward until if and when Trevor Harris returns this season. Or if, I don't know, maybe you keep rolling with them. That's a tease for later. Maybe. Yes, yes, maybe. And, of course, we'll have to talk about uh, the Pete Roberts and stuff that happened during the game as well. But, uh, as you know, the co-host of this fine program, John Fraser, was at the game. And he's, while many of his curses involving watching the Bombers in Saskatchewan have fallen (laughs) of late, one we can say with certainty continues as uh, John made the pilgrims to Regina for the first time in a number of years for um, the Labor Day Classic, which he has yet to see the Bombers win in Regina, and the Bombers lost again, as, yeah. as you all know. Yeah. Uh, oh, and eight now in uh, all-time going to the Labor Day Classic, and that dates all the way back. I've been going kind of off and on in some pretty regular stretches since... Uh, well, since really I moved out west in or moved to Saskatoon, at least in like 2010. So uh, I've been a fairly regular attendee since I moved to Saskatoon from Lloydminster. But uh, yeah, have never seen them win. But but in, in fairness, most of the time they get their asses kicked. <laughs> and in fairness, most of the time, I don't have anything to make me feel way better afterwards. No, and... The trip ultimately became worth it because, number one, it was actually a very good football game. Oh, incredible game. Entertaining incredible. pretty much from start to finish. Uh, lots of ups and downs, lefts and rights, the whole thing. Like, if everything you would ever want in a football game pretty much happened in that one. Yep. Um, and we'll get into all that, obviously. But even though the Bombers lost, um, it was still ended up being one of the best nights of John's life. As uh, <laughs> It happened after uh, many conversations, many, you know, Dreams at night, I don't know. <laughs> John has finally met Sergio. Yeah, yeah, I, I finally had the opportunity to meet face-to-face Sergio Castillo, which, uh, and that was cool. Uh, you know, we had him on the podcast, and I, I 
I love that, and, and you and I have talked about this uh, privately and on the pod, how when he came on the pod, just a relaxed, laid-back guy, loves what he does, you know, wants to put balls through the uprights, like just a good human being. And him and I have stayed in touch a little bit since then. And, and uh, with late, as soon as I knew Labor Day was coming up, I reached out. And, yeah, I got a chance to meet him after the game, uh, which was really cool because, you know, you text with a guy and, and you have him on your podcast, but getting uh, getting to meet him in person and the fact that it's all because of this dumb little podcast was really cool. Like, like yeah. genuinely, like, like, like he came, like, I just, I love his energy. I love the luchadori mask. Like, you know, you just get those players that you really like and to be able to have an opportunity to sit and chat with him after a game was just it was cool like it was just and he is exactly how he was on our pod just laid back chill um we had to wait by the buses by the team buses for for sergio because we had texted and he said hey just come meet me at the bus so uh, we stayed behind the fence there was actually i was surprised there was a big there was a bunch of bomber fans there now again mm -hmm. some family uh bennett uh patty newfield's families were there but a bunch of guys you know saying hey we'll get them next week which was cool and then so everybody's walking out with this uh with their post-game meal. So I asked Sergio, I said, hey, man, like, what's in the post-game meal? And as he's discussed on this very podcast, <laughs> yeah. normally it's pizza. But he mm. said, you know, by the time we get back, all the pizza joints are closed in Winnipeg. Uh. So I go with two double cheeseburgers, McNuggets, and a McFlurry. <laughs> and and Lacey and I Eating like an offensive lineman. <laughs> oh, 100%. And Lacey and I love the double cheeseburger at McDonald's. Like, by far... Like that is their S tier sandwich, the double cheeseburger. It's just it's 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 cheesy enough that you don't taste the processed meat. Uh, and he says, "Yeah, I just I'll kick back, I'll turn on the Office because he says I'm still pretty wound up." He's like, "And I'll just watch some Office." So we talked about our favorite episodes. Uh, Lacey even got to everybody. We all had a laugh because you know Lacey, my wife, she's a she's a Riders fan and was wearing. Uh, she had bought one of those big like chain things and. Oh. Sergio kind of said, <laughs> Sergio had said, he's like, listen, revenge in six days. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Thanks for coming out. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad we could meet and, you know, kind of end on a high note. And and Lacey basically said, oh, well, it was a high note for me. And we all had a laugh. Like, he's just, <laughs> yeah, like, like was, they say never meet your idols. But I can tell you, and, and this is cool, too, because I know some of our listeners, same thing. They've had the chance to meet Sergio uh, Neely, a uh, friend of mine. Um, he met him in Edmonton, same thing, down to earth, taking photos with fans, just awesome guy. So, yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't that disappointed because, as you said, that, mm -hmm. I, like, I don't care if my team loses, but if the game is good football, yeah, put it in my veins. Mm -hmm. And so I was already kind of like, oh, that's, uh, we lost, but meeting Sergio was 10 out of 10. High, like, honestly, one of the highlights of, of my career doing dumb shit like this. <laughs> and it was just, it was cool. So we uh, snapped a cool photo. Um, I threw it up on socials, just, yeah, celebrate the moment, something to look back on. It was cool. Yeah, I mean, it's not always, you obviously can't win them all, and when John's in attendance, no. they, the, the Bombers <laughs> never win on Labor Day, apparently. I, I shouldn't, I, I, I don't know if I should have mentioned that. I don't know if I'd ever be invited back. I mean, I, I'm surprised that um, when you discuss things with Craig Reynolds, shall we say, that maybe that didn't come up. Uh, no, 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 that, uh, that certainly did. No, actually, you know, it did. The Fraser curse did come up. Oh, yeah? And we laughed, and he's like, that's because you've never worn green and white. Hmm. So I think we were kind of like, okay, well, if I throw on some green and white, may maybe it ends. In fairness, the one game I watched at uh, the old stadium, 
the one in which I was wearing a Riders jersey because it was Thanksgiving weekend. I want to say like 2008 or something. It was cold. Yeah. And me, my father-in-law, my brother-in-law, and Lacey snuck in like a combined 80 ounces of alcohol between the four of us. So I'm like, if I show up in a bomber jersey, they're searching me for sure. I've got like three Mickeys in my hoodie. I'm like, okay, they're going to search me for sure. So I threw on a number four Kerry Joseph jersey, and they did, in fact, win that game of the Toronto Argonauts, uh, all in which probably the least amount of money I've ever spent, bought a large Coke, and walked out of there zesty. Hmm. Fun fact. I don't think they can retroactively ban me from the stadium for sneaking in. Well, they, they can't ban you from a stadium that doesn't exist anymore, first of all. <laughs> That's true. It is not standing. So, and, and you are from... banned from Taylor Field, sir. Okay. <laughs> But then, cool. but then, but then, I also feel like a 2019 West Final, and this year's uh, first game against the Bombers, notwithstanding, mm-hmm. I feel like they might want to invite me more because. Well, that's I'll... what I'm saying. Like, it, like it would be a good thing to bring up if you were discussing job opportunities that rest on the Riders winning football games. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good luck. But instead, they went with that other guy. Yeah. Whatever. Then you, then you maybe never would have met Sergio in the way you did. So that's fair or yeah, that's fair. It would then you would have a... had to have been like all professional and everything doing your job and stuff, talking to him or something. Oh, but you've seen me in interviews. Was I really the most professional there? <laughs> I mean, I never walked up. No, to but some... that was a different era of your career. I think if you were the voice of a professional football team, you would try a little bit harder. That, uh, I don't know. I, not with interviews. I find I've always found with interviews to just, you know, you gotta kind of relax, especially when you're the voice of a team. Like you kind of know the guys a little bit. It's a little bit easier. Like uh, that is one thing I know. Like my time with a rush, like doing play-by-play in color, just being around the guys, being a familiar face, you can get such a better quality interview out of these guys. Sure, sure. Because the other thing too is they know that you're not gonna you're you're not gonna burn them. You're not there looking for an angle. You're not looking for a guy to slip up and oh yeah, this guy's out. You know that you're gonna kind of just ignore that part and not make a big deal of it, right? So. Yeah, but, but you, wouldn't, it, you wouldn't get to fanboy over Sergio. <laughs> You're right. I probably wouldn't. I would probably try to and then be told that Unless I Unless you could convince the team to like say, hey, you got to you gotta add this guy. No offense to Brett Lowther, obviously. but that, That's that's <laughs> that's fair. That That is fair. But I mean, the and again, he, he was great, too, on Labor Day. Oh, yeah. Like as a guy that likes kicking, that likes special teams, that was unreal. Oh, the guy's been the guy's been absolute money since the start of the after a little bit of a slow start. He's he's kind of Rene Paradise it lately, where it's like you the start of the year you kind of like okay what's going on with this guy, and then by the yep. middle of the season he just doesn't miss anything. No, pretty no. much, and then is pulling out onside kicks out of nowhere. That cool. That and, was and, and he's pulled that off before. That was like basically the same move he pulled against Calgary, I believe, last year or the year before. Yes, yes, and 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 the funniest thing was was we had just gotten to the game. Mm-hmm. And because I ended up parking about 20 minutes away and my back teeth were floating by the time I got to the stadium, ran in, uh, missed the first flyover. And then we were seated opposite to where the craft beer is. So Lacey and I started making our way around Mm -hmm. and I'm looking at the monitors. I'm like, Kate, it's opening kickoff. And I kind of looked back down to make sure I wasn't running to anybody. Then I heard the crowd go wild and I looked up and I saw Brett with the football (laughs) and I knew exactly what happened. I knew the exact play they had ran and went. Yeah. Shit. It's it's funny you mention that because um, Jamie and I have the green zone. He and Daryl Davis, of course, always show up a few minutes late because their pregame show runs like right up until the top of the hour when the game is right. supposed to start, right? Right. 
So he's usually a few minutes late. And so he he show he arrives in the press box and he's like, yeah, he's like, I kind of figured what happened based on the roar of the crowd standing outside the stadium, watching on my phone, waiting for it to catch up on TSN. <laughs> he's like, it's weird that I do this so much now that I kind of know what's happening based on what the crowd is doing. Hundred <laughs> percent. Like I heard the crowd and I thought, you know, maybe like because sometimes they cut to the crowd shot, like the one yeah. guy that had the chest hair bikini. Mm-hmm. Did you see that guy? In the I, I did. Yeah, he came up on the jumbotron, and oh. there was he came up in the press box before they actually showed him on the jumbotron. He was like early in the game. Oh, someone yeah. spotted him. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was actually just a few rows down from me, so I had seen it. I'm like, this is amazing. The guy had so this guy had shaved his chest hair into a bikini looking thing, and then gave it the watermelon treatment. Like it was just. And, and we're not talking. That wasn't all green. He actually took the two, like the two different green and dark green stripes. Like that guy put a lot of effort in, and I hope he's a listener because uh, that was awesome. Uh, but yeah, I thought I thought maybe somebody did something cool in the jumbotron, and then it's when I saw Lowther with the ball. Yeah, I knew the exact play. Like because mm-hmm. you're right, he's done that before, and I don't get why more teams don't try the onside like that. I don't know if there's any time to do it. It's right at the start of the game because you literally do not could not have more time to recover from it. Well, 100. percent But every <laughs> but every time you see an onside kick, it's usually just chaos because they yep. bring in all like like nobody's even in the the NFL. I don't think anybody's ever expecting the kicker to just dribble well, and go for it. Yeah, in the NFL, it's so different now. Like the rules on the onside are stupid and pretty much impossible. But right, also also that yeah, in the NFL, your basically only option is to pop it up and hope a guy drops it. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. Which I believe Hamilton pretty much tried and ended up just skying it right to the guy. But... Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the one the one real dud of a game from the weekend. And it wasn't even really that bad. No, it's but see for okay, so for one, we don't get back from Regina till about like we had to stay late to, to meet up with Sergio. We probably don't get back till like midnight, grab the kids from grandma and grandpa's. We're probably not going to bed till like twelve thirty and like the next day, and and I don't know if it's because I've gone to Labor Day so often, or I just distinctly remember the number of times on Labor Day Monday I have napped, like couch napped through that Toronto Montreal game, and it's like they could be great games, but I don't know what it is. It was like back when I was in high school, I remember falling asleep on my futon in my room mm-hmm. to this game because it's like, hey, it's the last day of summer, I might as well nap because apparently that's what you do, right? I, I do love a good nap. So, And sure as shit again this year, I was laying in bed, I was watching it, I was engaged, and then just, oh, all right, I'm going to sleep. So I Well, I mean, laying in bed watching it is not a good combination to stay awake. Fair, fair. But because I'm old and pinched nerve in my neck last week, mm. I, only, I, had, I had, like, the pillows propped in such a way <laughs> that I wasn't in pain. Um, so it just kind of happened, and then the muscle relaxants kicked in, and I wasn't hung over after Labor Day for literally the first time in my life. Hmm. Probably a lot of people were hung over, though, after uh, the Labor Day Sunday. As, oh, yeah. Uh, of course, the Riders pulled off the big win. We're going to talk about what that means, the play of, J- the play of Jake Dalagala, and uh, look ahead to the Banjo Bull. But as always, John, for the Pile of Bones Brewing Company, uh, what is in the glass this week? Uh, we're going with a double fist. I got tomorrow off, but uh, as you may have heard the crack early uh-huh. on, 
in preparation for the Banjo Bowl, delivered to me from Winnipeg, the Trans-Canada Brewing Saskatchewan Dozen. Uh, we talked about this off the top, and I have my hands on a case, uh, thanks to Mike Tornopolsky and his mom. Uh, it's like everything Trans-Canada makes. It is great. It is a good Pilsner beer. Uh, not like that swill with the name on it, but yeah, nice, clean Pilsner beer. Sipping on it right now. Trans-Canada, lots of good stuff. Uh, and and even though I get a free bottle of it uh, as part of our sponsorship tomorrow, I could not wait. I went and grabbed some Gambit gin on my way home from our friends at the Lucky Bastard Distillers. Hmm. I got the bottle of the whiskey today that I'm looking forward to uh, cracking into. Thanks. I love to... that you had to use up two months of sponsorship to get that. That it's, was the it's a little part. pricier than the other stuff, and there isn't much of it left, if any. Oh um, wow! Until the n- there's another batch coming eventually, but of course it's still aging, so it hasn't been bottled yet. So uh, right, at this point, it's not like they're just flavoring their no. vodka with whiskey. It's no. actual fucking whiskey. It's actual whiskey, and they they believe they've tried it at different points, and they've found the sweet spot to be about I think probably said about five years aging. So oh, shit to get it to where they want it. So yeah, it's it's not it, whiskey's not a quick process. If anyone was wondering, no, no, and it's funny I I. I forgotten about that so like mm-hmm. that they plan to make whiskey like five years ago yeah pretty much like it, it always blows my mind when you see like stuff are like really from like actual like big whiskey distilleries and there's stuff yeah. that's like 20 30 40 years years old and it's like the right. guy who probably originally distilled this isn't even working for the company anymore oh god no he's got <laughs> he's got his gold watch and he's retired like like i feel like like uh. if you're working at a place like like the high-end scotch places or yeah. a high-end whiskey place th- that should be worked out in your contract like, like I I'm, get a... I'm, I'm retiring in 10 years but i want this thing in 20 years Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. When I retire, I this, damn it. <laughs> I, exactly. Just put the, some of this in my veins, and away we go. But mm-hmm. uh, I, yeah, I'm looking forward to hear your review on the whiskey because, uh, as much as you know beer, I also think you know whiskey. And we have, uh, as our discussion the other night, uh, we do also have very similar tastes in whiskey. So I'm yes. looking forward to you cracking that. I do love whiskey, but going a little lighter right now. Um, picked up some uh, Long Lake Lager from Nokomis Craft Ales. Oh the yeah. Day. Because uh, they're on sale and they're delicious, and uh, the head brewer at Pile of Bones, Nathan Carey, won't stop posting about it on Beer Lovers of Saskatchewan. So <laughs> it made me crave it. So I finally was able to purchase some. <laughs> that that was on my list because you had mentioned it <laughs> until I had my Saskatchewan dozen handed to me on Monday uh, with its Fair enough. Al- al- also came with a penalty flag and a whistle, and mm-hmm. that's not annoying at all when you're tired and have three children and you have a whistle around the house. No, I mean you just you. I mean, you probably should have hidden that, but anyway. I was just so excited. So I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, this is going to be good, and I can't wait. Uh, Rider fans obviously quite excited right now, thanks to yeah. uh, their sixth win of the season, and a big one over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, uh, 32-30 in the Labor Day Classic. Um, easily a classic football game. Oh, uh, God, yeah. Considering everything that happened in it. Um, but what a difference a few weeks makes. Yes. Three weeks ago, even though we fully expected the Riders to get thrashed by Montreal based on circumstances heading into that game, and they did, um, they were sitting in sort of a precarious position. They were, I wouldn't say they were in deep trouble, but they weren't exactly fully in control of their own destiny either. No. They were very much on the fence, and it was feeling like they could teeter one way or the other fairly easily, and one felt a little more than the other, if you catch my drift. Yeah, especially, too, with Mason Fine not looking great and him being, you know, we thought he'd be the guy. I thought this was an 18-wheeler going off a cliff. Yeah. Um, Here we are three weeks later now. 
thank one of them thankfully a bye but uh the riders have won two, the two games they've played yeah. at that time and did so by playing fairly well against two of the league's best teams yes and a team that i think teams that had they lost those games i don't i mean there'll always be fans who are mad and think it's unreasonable and etc 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 but if they play well and lose those games you're just like yeah, I mean, it's the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the BC Lions. What do you expect? Right. Instead, they found ways to win those games. And the BC one, they made a little more interesting than they had to. Uh, Winnipeg a little bit at times as well, but that was more of a back-and-forth affair that I necessarily don't think anyone fully had control of at any point. Or no, no, it was good Zach and bad Zach both appearing yeah. in the same game. And all of a sudden now, they are two games clear of Calgary. <laughs> they were this close to being three games clear again. Oh, yeah, that was almost like, <laughs> okay, they're going to the playoffs, and then that Bananas Land game on yeah. Monday night. That was good. That was a good game as well. It was a great weekend in the CFL. It, it really, it, it, like, I can see why viewership's up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what it is? I, I it, It's funny, okay? And I'm this is my tinfoil hat theory as to why viewership's up. Mm -hmm. The Sickos Committee. Maybe. I mean, like, they say that the, 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 the basically our demographic's up, and I'm pretty sure if you take college football fans and fans of chaos football and make it event or like chaos football and the, the 23 to 54 male demo, the Venn diagram is a circle. Yeah. So I think the sickos have had something to do with this. I'm just, I'm, I'm saying it's, it's, no, it's possible. It's, it's quite possible. More love for the sickos committee, but, but anyway, I, yeah, uh, two up on Calgary, they get to play head to head and again in about a month and a half. And as long as things go, I would say fine. Like, I don't, I don't expect them to run the table or anything down the stretch here or anything like that. Um, they control their own destiny at this point. And yes. I'm not willing to say at this point that they are locked into third place in the West by any stretch of the imagination. Because, as we saw, in three weeks, a lot can change. Yes. But as long as they stay the course, because after next week, realistically, it could be one game up on Calgary. If the Riders lose the Banjo Bowl, which is quite likely... And if the Elks lose the matchup, the Labor Day rematch to Calgary, which is also quite likely, yep. then, yeah, it'll go back down to one game, which is maybe fair given sort of, I think those teams are still fairly even. Yes. But at the end of the day, they still control their own destiny. And I think they've sort of weathered past that weird stage we, where everyone was talking about potentially an East team crossing over. It's looking like uh, if there's going to be a crossover, and it feels like there might be now, but once again, it's the West going East. And so Shocker. with that in mind, I think I am fairly confident that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders should make the playoffs this year. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with you. And as you said, what a difference three weeks makes and what a difference things are from after when Trevor Harris went down, right? Mm -hmm. I thought... In watching Mason Fine and the way the team responded with him, I'm like, oh, God, this is going to be another. Like, I thought I because because, again, pull the curtain back. More people listen when they lose than when they win. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. To this right here podcast. So I thought, great, we're going to set a new record for listens in a year. They're going to be dog shit. Away we go. Uh, and then Mason Fine gets hurt, which might be the best blessing in disguise injury since Drew Bledsoe went down and Tom Brady took over. Close, yeah. I mean, I'm not calling Jake Dollagala Tom Brady, but. You heard it here first. Another, <laughs> another one of John's perfect quarterback takes. <laughs> the quarterback whisperer is back. Wouldn't you laugh if Dahl Gal is in, like, starting for my Minnesota Vikings in five years now and, like, tearing it up? I can't um, be worse than Kirk Cousins. That, that would be <laughs> But, well, I think Dahl Gala, he – was he in New England when Brady was still there? I don't remember. I Okay, I got I got to look this up. But, but again, what a change three weeks makes and what a change in, like – and you and I kind of touched on it even when Dollar Gala came into that dog shit game uh, against Montreal that we all knew they were losing. Yeah. Um, how he just seemed to make the right decision and small window throws and stuff like that. And did he have a perfect Labor Day? Absolutely not. But the thing that impressed me the most was, A, he looks especially live. You see him throw a deep ball. It's effortless. Mm-hmm. Like but, he's, and this is something that we talked about in the press box and his Daryl Davis of the leader post, Star Phoenix, and the green zone brought up because of his height he just throws it higher yeah so if you're going up so that's why there's been you know the increase in the sort of the high pointing or the 50 50 balls or whatever buzz term you want to use for them where the receivers have gone up and make plays for him and the receivers didn't really make the plays for him in that game which i think hurt him a little bit but so that maybe made him look like he missed a few passes which he did but because his ball is so much higher and he's able to throw over guys that ball doesn't end up picked. It just ends up in the 10th row. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think, too, with a guy like that that has a big arm, mm-hmm. and you see it quite often in professional football, that a guy's got, like, he's put so little effort into throwing such a good deep ball that he gets that moment of adrenaline, this guy's open, yeah, and just doesn't know how to control it yet. Right? Like, in a big moment like that, to overthrow guys, and I think that on top of his height, but that also has something to do with you know, you feel your heart race just that last second before you release the ball, knowing somebody's open mm-hmm. and controlling that is something he's going to get in experiences because I mean, let's face it. The atmosphere at Labor Day is like a playoff game. Yep. It was uh, loud to... there. Like that was, oh. that was, there's been a lot of talk you know, over the years about loud fan, ba- fan bases here in Winnipeg and the whole thing. That game on Saturday, on Sunday was legitimately loud. According to my Apple watch, 112 decibels in section 138. Hmm. Like, and that, yeah, that was, that is the loudest I've been to New Mosaic for a handful of games because that facility is just like, I would watch anybody play there. Like, it's just a great facility to watch football. So, um, yeah, so I've been to a handful of games there and nothing ever that loud. Um, Dollagala, to answer my own question, uh, joined the New England Patriots in 2020. Brady left after the 2019 season, so he did not. So even though he is the next Tom Brady, he did not play with Tom Brady. Huh, well, I mean, that, that that's fair. Tom Brady would not train his own protege. That doesn't seem like Tom Brady. 
No, that absolutely doesn't. So that so that's why he's having all this success is maybe he just left like his deflated footballs and notebooks around or something. Apparently, yes. <laughs> and I, I and I think this is the, sort of the biggest reason because we talked about this last week was there was the direct comparison to be made instantly between Jake Dalagala and Mason Fine because both of their first two careers, both of their first two starts this year, in this case, Jake Dalagala's first career start. Mm-hmm were against two of the three best teams in the league. Um, both, one, both played their first against BC, and then they played, you know, Mason Fine obviously played Toronto, and Dolly Gallo played Winnipeg. And um, I think it's pretty clear who did better in <laughs> that sort of four-game stretch. Yeah. Um, it would be the guy who was thrown for 565 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. Uh, yeah, not the guy that uh, in his last uh, four games before getting hurt, uh, four picks, one touchdown. A lot of yards, but there was a lot of garbage time in those. Mm-hmm. And it, it just it's just different. You feel it out there. He can just make a lot more throws than Mason Fine can't. Um, I I fully believe that the you know the down the bump is coming as they do for all young quarterbacks at different times throughout yeah. the year when they start getting this. You know, co- teams are going to figure out how to get to this guy. Where how to defend him and do all of that is going to come. So eventually we find out, as we do with all quarterbacks, you know, they're actually good when they can adjust the adjustment. So we, we don't know that part about Jake Delagala just yet. But we do know is he is, I would say, their best backup quarterback since Drew Willie. Yes. Not that that's a very high bar to clear, but I mean, not including Kevin Glenn, but he was the backup for so short before Darian Durant blew himself up that he had to go be the starter anyway. Yeah, exactly. So that aside, Kevin Glenn was technically the best backup quarterback. He just never really had to be the backup quarterback. And so with that in mind, I don't think there's any question now, and I don't know if Craig Dickinson has or will be asked this question, but if Mason Fine comes back from his knee injury or leg injury or whatever it is, he just has to be on the bench now. And I know there's there are people out there who believe you don't lose your job to injury. It's baloney. Um, when it's this clear and when it's about winning football games, you keep the guy in there who's winning football games. And I don't, I don't think you can turn back to Mason Fine at this point, not unless Jake really falls off the cliff hard. Well, and and Jake, based on what we've seen, I mean, he's going to be in tough uh, at the Badger Bowl. Yes, and right, I like... would, I would almost put that game aside as a separate issue for this sort of conversation, right? Um, because. More often than not, for the Banjo Bowl, the way that goes um, for the Riders, they either they kind of find a way to win, which they've done a few times, or they just get the absolute piss kicked out of them. Well, and I, <laughs> so... well that's it. And, and, and you and I were texting or talking about this earlier, that it's like the Riders typically win the Labor Day Classic because, you know, something chaotic happens. That's just kind of how history goes. Mm-hmm. But the Banjo Bowl is typically where your best team emerges, right? Um, I was looking this up uh, before the game uh, or before the podcast. Uh, uh, I guess got to get my game face on. Uh, actually, the series all time of the Banjo Bowl is only 11 and 7 for the Bombers. And as you and I were discussing in the preamble, um, that really reflects that the Riders were really good for the opening few years of the Banjo Bowl. And now the Bombers have been really good for the last five years. The Riders have only won once. Since 2015, fun fact, Zach Kolaris starting quarterback for the Riders in that one against Matt Nichols. So um, 
it's it that seems to be the game that the better team wins mm-hmm. and we can all sit here and say that Winnipeg is the better team but it goes back to the point you make and we always talk about you know you especially you you always talk about process over mm-hmm. results and even if you know the, the riders lose this boundary bowl which i think i would say is at least a 60 40 chance right right I, like I, I would yeah. i would agree with that um i'm just so nervous of bad zach showing up again <laughs> Like I like normally I'd be on here. Ah, you're gonna lose the bad. Yeah, but you know that defense. That defense feeds off that crowd. So Willie or Big Hill or Jeff Coder, someone's gonna do something big early and get that thing going like normal. Well, and it's and it's gonna be sold out, and then bad bad Drew or bad Zach can show up, and uh, you know it'll just be uh, he'll keep it close because yeah. Anyways. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that is a discussion for another day, mm-hmm. Joel Gasson, mm-hmm. that I might actually have gotten something right. Um, but even if Dolla Gala, like, I cannot think, like, and I just, I don't, you know when you see a quarterback and you see a guy play, you start thinking, okay, a bad game for this guy is going to be like, you know, two, three hundred yards with a couple picks. Yeah. No touchdowns. You don't have, like, like Mason Fine and watching him didn't once seem to have, you know, the support of his coaches, the way the playbook was limited, the support of his teammates. He didn't really have the support of anybody that you could see that guy going 10 for 30 for 120 yards and four picks, right? Basically putting up Zach Kolaris in a playoff game numbers. Um, I don't think that's there with Jake. Because even the misses he makes, the mistakes he makes are not typically putting his team in danger. Mm-hmm. Like, and and I really noticed this live and being sober at the banjo bowl or the labor day classic um god knows i've never been to a banjo bowl sober um that when he was overthrowing when he was maybe underthrowing, when he he was at least going to the right guy like the right decisions were being made and maybe it just wasn't being executed because he was under pressure or something like that but you didn't see him throw up prayers in a double coverage you didn't see him throw to the wrong side of a receiver, right? Like he's missing on the pro side, and okay, right, Russ Howard. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Our curling fans will love that one. That's where I got it. Uh, um, but I just, I don't know. I, I, I see. I do see the Riders losing the banjo bowl, but I don't see Jake Dalla being the reason. I, I see like an amped up Winnipeg crowd and Sergio going seven for seven. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how it plays out. And you're right, we talk about process over results. And I think, I mean, if if by some way Jake Dalla, Jake Dalla shows up, throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns, and the Riders beat the absolute piss out of the Bombers, then we're having some kind of conversation next week about where this team is headed. Um. Yeah, oh, 100%. <laughs> like, because let's, let's face it, because things are tighter in the West Division, yeah. like, this is going to sound bananas like. But they're not out of it for first. No, technically not. Technically, I mean, they're ju- they're just as in far striking range of at least hosting a playoff game as they are being in the playoffs, basically. Right, but I mean, you've got Winnipeg one more time. You yep. got BC one more time, with some teams mixed in there that aren't quite as good, and probably a Toronto Argonauts team in the last week of the regular season. Oh, that's Toronto will have everything locked up in like two weeks. So that's 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 what I mean. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna be facing an Argos team that's basically playing an exhibition roster for the for most of that game, right? So. I mean, crazier things have happened, mm-hmm. but it just it feels... by by no means are we sitting here saying that we think the Riders are going to be at that point. But 
a win no. next week and the door opens a little bit is basically what we're saying. Well, here. <laughs> and it just it seems like in terms of three weeks ago, we were thinking that this is a team looking at the stretch moving into it. You know, when Mason Fine wasn't looking great, you know, before Dalla came in, I was looking at the schedule and going, there's a chance they might only get two more wins. Now I look at the schedule after the last couple of weeks and go, there's a chance they may only get two more losses the rest of the way right like it just it's it's amazing and especially and just like they say you could you could call hockey goalie you can call the football quarterback yeah even though the guy definitely looks like an accountant <laughs> like like and, and i gotta give my wife credit for this one like she, every time he i mean she has team, experience with accountants so she does she works at a credit union right so she knows the look and she's like yeah, that guy looks like he works you know, like Monday to Friday at the credit union and then goes and chucks bombs on the weekend for the riders. Isn't Jacques Cartier an accountant? I think he is. Is Jacques wonder... Cartier Jacques, Jake Dalgo? Whoa, now. Hmm. Wouldn't no. that something? Yeah, I mean, he's all putting on his ruse, not liking the riders and whatever, but I mean. Right, exactly. Hmm. It's just, it, that's the ultimate distraction. Exactly. You know, now that would be the way to run a burner account. <laughs> You know, some hit hiding it behind it, not making, yeah. not dragging your nuts as to who you are, revealing that to Greg on sports or Greg on whatever out of his mom's basement, uh, and basically showing where you get your info from. But I digress again. Mm -hmm. uh, what we do know about the Banjo Bowl is uh, the Riders, unless it's Tuesday, September fifth. So in the next few days, we may learn otherwise. Um, unless well, Pete Roberts, we're done recording. It's gonna yeah. be, he's going to appeal it. Yeah, unless Pete Robertson, I would say foolishly, appeals his suspension, uh, he won't be playing in the Banjo Bowl. And I would say most people who are level-headed would agree that this is the right decision by the league after the fact. There is no question in my mind before anyone accuses otherwise. There is absolutely no question in my mind that yes, he should have been ejected from that game. Yes. Um, I know there's been a lot of conversation about how the refs on the field initially missed the call. Um, I mean, it happened like 10 seconds after the play. I'm fairly yeah. certain the refs, no one was looking like no one was looking in that direction at that point. No, it even took TSN a good amount of time to, I think, to find the camera angle to show what exactly happened because watching the game, all of us in the press box were like, what, why is there a flag? What happened here? So that we were thinking, okay, he's got to challenge us for like an embellishment or something, right? Because we, we saw the angle and like Zach's just standing around for a bit. So it's like, okay, what exactly happened here? So obviously, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that, yeah, no one on the field saw it because maybe only Zach Caleros and Pete Robertson, frankly, saw it. And apparently maybe even Mika Johnson because he got in his face. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is good. But which, other... which, which I love before, yeah. Yeah, before, before you close out your point there, Gas. Look at me. Look at the way the team reacted to Robertson here, and look at the way that they mm -hmm. reacted to Garrett Marino. Yeah, um, that shows to me this is a very different team. When Mika Johnson, it, like he's like he sees the headbutt, and he's the first guy to get pissed off. Mm -hmm. And he's not pissed off at Zach. He's no. pissed off at Robertson. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, that was a pivotal moment in the game. Mm -hmm. They had stopped the Bombers, who were likely going to kick a relatively cowardly field goal to tie the game. And instead, they get a first down and score a touchdown and take the lead. And in theory, should have gone on to win from that point. Right. Um, so, but anyway, because because of the circumstances around that, I can see how it got missed on the field. Luckily, the control center called the flag. Why he wasn't ejected, I don't know. 
that should be a pretty obvious ejection. Not but because it's Zach Caleros, but because you just headbutted a guy after the play. This wasn't a football play gone wrong. This was just a stupid moment. I wonder, though, if that's not something that the command center can call. I, I don't know. Like, I like don't, that... Yeah. that because obviously someone at the command center saw it because if you've ever officiated football or next time you're watching a game, take a look at the refs when the play's done. When the play's done, and yeah, there was talking and there was BS between almost every play. It almost looked like a hockey scrum to some degree, which is great. That's what that's what teams do. You get heated. You're in the moment. Um, but watch, like everybody, you're watching, the, you're counting the players coming on the field. You're, you know, you're spotting the ball. You're moving all these things around, and you're not really watching the play once it's it's dead, especially in football, because you just don't see shit like that, right? So, I, yeah, there's no blame at all to me on the officials missing that. And I just wonder, like, I know, and, and I haven't ref for many years, but I know, like, when you were linesmaning, you could do certain things, but you couldn't eject a guy from a game. So I almost wonder if that's a thing with the command center. Like, you know, if the command center, because you got to think, somebody at the command center, you know, it's rare it's that cut and dry. Yeah. Right. So I imagine yeah. and, and it'd be nice to see if there was something in the rules. If we had access to a rule book that said the command center can call a 15 yard, but can't eject a guy, which, you know, I could see there being some of that because all of a sudden you're, you got someone in the head headset. If you're on the field, you haven't seen anything. You get somebody back in Toronto saying, hey, you got to eject, you know, 45. Like, I could see how that wouldn't go over, right? Just as a guy that's officiated games. So I wonder if that's the reason why. But I agree with you. Should have been thrown out. I also agree. Uh, I know the guys at Piffles said that maybe he should have got more games. But <sighs> I, I think one is fair. Yep. I, I, I think one, I mean, the guy is a is not a repeat offender. No. Um, from what I understand, he was remorseful. Like, he just knew he got heated. His teammates, this wasn't. Uh, he, you know, obviously the intent was there to injure your head butting a guy, but it's not like a Garrett Marino where he's a repeat offender, comes out, cheers it, lives it off. Like he kind of sulked off the field while getting yelled at by his own team, right? So I think a game is fair, but I mean, it definitely puts him on the shit list now. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, like, I, I, I don't, given the CFL's history with suspensions, one game feels about right to me and I think it's the right length to make sure that he doesn't appeal where it's basically yeah. I think if even if Robertson wants to appeal I hope the team in his, is in his ear saying don't do it I was yeah. like, we're not going to tell you you can't because you're with you're within your rights to do it but it's better if you just make this go away and sit out the game well and I think that's why the league was so quick with it too yeah I think they're just like Kate we just we want this to go away not that Canada has any sports talk shows left um, uh, since the departure of, of, you know, Tim being put on, you know, Sportsnet Central, whatever the hell he's doing now, um, and other daily sports talk shows on obscure TV networks becoming very U.S. focused. Um, there's just there's not there. I mean, there's not a lot of noise around Canada anymore, but to do it on Labor Day Monday and basically boom, it's done. We've addressed it. The only people talking about the CFL today is our rights holder because God knows there's nobody working at a TV or radio station in Canada on Labor Day. So I uh, yeah, I like the way it was handled and I hope he doesn't appeal. Let's just make it go away. Sit out your one game. You know, you did wrong. Your teammates know you did wrong. And I think by not appealing it, he would also send the message that he knows he was wrong. Yeah. And just you, take your lumps, sit down, take the weekend off, go away. Yeah. I think that would be the best thing to do. And then, 
yeah, it's, it's it's the right thing to do. And I mean, there is the there is an angle of annoying the bombers and wanting <laughs> you show up in that game because based on the way the bombers handled that after the game, even though it just about won them the game was was something. Um, I know yeah, a lot. I, I know even... a lot of them were just answering questions, but I mean, I don't really care what Wade Miller thinks about this, to be honest. Um, and then we're getting into it. It was there was a lot of conversation from Winnipeg's side of this, like some. Like, I don't like it was just, I was like, this is really what you guys are focused on right now. Right. Like I get it's bad. And it's like, you're answering questions and it's something that you should be asked about, but it felt like it was the only thing that happened in that football game. And for some reason, somehow was why they lost. I don't know. But it's because it's nobody in Winnipeg wants to talk about bad Zach. Nobody in Winnipeg wants to talk bad Zach. Like you look at every game that he plays like dog water. Nobody talks about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like I, I remember at great cup last year. I brought it up to to Dunk and Hodge, and they kind of looked at me, and they looked at the numbers, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you're right. He hasn't really been that good." I'm like, "No." During right, the, during that playoff stretch, and same with the playoff stretches that they won, I wouldn't say they won because of him. No, you we we talked about this on the on this very podcast. Yeah, I I I actually brought up numbers to say that he's not that good. Like it's just everybody around him is so good, and he's just at a at, at a time right now that. Outside of outside of Chad Kelly, I think every other team probably takes Zach Kolaris right now as their starting quarterback. Maybe VA. But like bad Zach is there and nobody wants to talk about it. And it surprises me. Maybe not the Winnipeg traveling media, but that nobody in Winnipeg has really brought this up. Like, like Derek Taylor's not gonna bring it up. He's no. a play by play voice of the team. You know, the Ed Tates that work for the team aren't going to bring this up. The Paul Friesens that are paid to go and, and, and they're traveling with the team, they're not going to bring it up, right? Like, like I think I think Darren Bombing's brought it up before. But again, he's got to tread tread pretty carefully, right? Because he's, do, he's doing his own thing. He can't have his access taken away. But that's the thing. That's what Winnipeg's focusing on. They're focusing on the headbutt, not the fact that their quarterback only only completed five passes for three quarters. Yeah, but I mean, don't 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 you dare ever say anything about it on social media. You'll be harassed endlessly for hours for some reason. Oh, <laughs> uh, I just I hate of all the things I'm almost right on. It's that the starting quarterback of my favorite team that's led them to two Grey Cup championships is not very good. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.